0: If you have your Bible, turn with me. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 13. Let us hear God's word. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts And in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness. That the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me and do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your holy spirit from me but restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit and then i will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you this is the word of god for us the people of god Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. And Now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, that we will be changed, and that we will never get over it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we are, con- we are actually concluding our series, um, our our Lenten series called After God's Own Heart. We've been talking about what it means to be a person uh, after God's own heart, uh, someone who's striving to have the heart of God. And and we talked about instead of just saying, well, I give my heart to the Lord. We want God to give us his heart, and because that is the one we are striving to be more like—more loving, more just, more merciful, and and more kind—and we've talked about how how David was someone from the Old Testament who was surely seen to be a person after God's own heart, and and even in Acts, in the book of Acts, he is uh, he is proclaimed or it is affirmed that he is a person after God's own heart because Acts chapter 13 verse 22 says and when Saul had removed uh, when, when God had removed Saul he raised up for them David as king to whom also he gave testimony and said I have found David the son of Jesse a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And so we, we've talked about what it means to have a heart like God and, and, and how first of all God looks at the heart he looks at the inside he looks at the heart he doesn't look at the outside like we look at and and then we talked about how we can have a brave heart whenever we allow Christ to fight those battles for us because if you remember uh it was uh we we see David uh was David is Jesus is our David and goes before to fight those battles for us and we sang about having that victory earlier and and then we talked about having a dancing heart a heart that's full of joy a heart that's full of God's presence and then we talked about having a uh, how to deal with a tempted heart we know that we all have temptation and there's certain ways that can help us deal with that tempted heart and and We flee from temptation. And then also we ask for God's grace to help us in temptation. And then uh, last week we talked about having a kind heart. And that God's kindness means combining... Uh, Grace and mercy And we've talked about what all of that means And so today we're finishing up And it's Palm Sunday Also known as Passion Sunday Palm Sunday of course Is when they sang Hosanna As Jesus rode into town And and they cried out Hosanna And and then of course Passion Sunday Is the events that surround uh, The the, uh, passion or the death of Jesus What Jesus did on the cross and so today we're thinking about both of those the Hosanna but also the fact that Jesus was crucified for us and what better way to think about that is to think about truly how God can forgive as we repent now I'm going to talk about repentance and and understand that we're going to kind of go back to right after David had his little episode with Bathsheba. Now you remember Bathsheba. He was tempted by Bathsheba. He ends up calling her over to the king's palace. She was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, and uh, not only does David have an affair with her, he ends up. Uh, she ends up getting pregnant, and then to cover it up, David actually uh, he he strategizes and plots for. The murder of Uriah the Hittite, and Uriah ends up getting murdered on the front line, and and David had orchestrated the whole thing, and so uh, after that, David thought, well, you know, okay, I'm good to go, and 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 it's all over now. I kind of cover my tracks and all. Well, Nathan the prophet comes to David, and the Lord revealed to Nathan what David had done, and Nathan comes to David and he says, hey, King. I want to tell you a story about somebody here. He said there was this rich uh farmer and had a had a large herd of all the sheep and goats that he could possibly need and possibly want. And he said, and then there was this poor farmer that only had one little ewe lamb, one little kind of uh, child lamb, and and uh, very precious lamb. And and in fact, they loved that lamb so much that they treated that lamb like their their own pet, like it was part of the family and everything. Well, the rich farmer had a visitor coming through town and he wanted to throw a banquet for him and he looked at all his sheep and everything and he was like well I can take one of these but no I know what I'm going to do. He went and he took away the ewe lamb from the poor farmer and he baked them up or barbecued them up or grilled them up whatever you do to lamb chops but anyway he made lamb chops out of that little ewe lamb and and. And, uh, and served it to his guests that night. And so the poor farmer had nothing. And David was like, what in the world? That is terrible. I cannot believe somebody would do that when they have access to all the lambs that they want, but yet no, they went for the one that belonged to someone else. I just cannot believe this man deserves to die. And then Nathan the prophet looks at David and says you are the man it's you and so david is confronted with his sin and you know what any time that we are confronted with our sin whether we're confronted with it from someone else that may point it out, uh, whether we're confronted with it through a time of prayer, whether we're confronted with it through reading God's Word and seeing, ooh, that's wrong, I I don't need to do that, Uh, we have a choice to make. We can either continue in that sin and just dig deeper, or we can do something that is called repent. And repent means... That we turn away from that sin. It, it, it means that we make the choice that we are going to do something different. And that we want to change life from that. And so we see here in Psalm 51, David chooses repentance. And Psalm 51 is actually his prayer after Nathan the prophet approaches, uh, confronts him. And look, 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 look how David begins it. He says... Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. David decides to repent. And I want us to look at that this morning for a few minutes. And David's repentance and see... What it means to have a repentant heart. What does it mean to have a repentant heart? Because that's the choice each and every one of us have to make. Sometimes every day we have to make that choice with something. And so I want us to live as David did with a repentant heart. So what does it mean to have a repentant heart? Number one is this. We first of all must acknowledge our sins. We must acknowledge the place. Now the word sin actually comes from the, uh, uh, it was actually uh, an archery term meaning missing the mark. And so our sin, uh, God has given us the mark. And our sin is any time in our life that we miss that mark. And every one of us do that. But the problem is we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge I've messed up. Or we have to acknowledge, yes, I did it wrong. And we don't like to do that very often. Amen? We don't like to admit that. But that is the first step to repentance. Look, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. Right after Nathan tells David, you are the man. Look what David does. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David didn't say, well, I had a good excuse. He he didn't say, well, you don't understand. You know, Bathsheba was so beautiful. And and, and he didn't, I mean, he he didn't make excuses. He just said, I have sinned against the Lord. In Psalm 51 verse 3, he says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. In other words, I acknowledge that I have messed up. That first step is to confess that what we did, what we said, what we, how we acted was wrong. And that's the first step of what we must do. Now, now, see, for us to do that, we have to acknowledge that it's not about us. That it's not about us. that, that, that we, we, See, our world today just says, you be you. You know, you be you. You, you. you just worry about you. You just do what's right for you. You just take care of yourself. And that's exactly the opposite of what the gospel teaches. Uh, at, at, a, at Duke Divinity School, there was a service just a, a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and a student said that you are never called to abandon yourself. Folks, that's baloney. In fact, Jesus very well calls us to abandon ourselves. In fact, he says that unless one uh, denies themselves and takes up my cross, folks, that's what we have to do. And so acknowledging our sin means that we're saying, look, I messed up, I've, I missed the mark, and I acknowledge what I did wrong. There's no way to move into new life if we continue to say the old life is okay so acknowledge our sin number two is this we are truly sorry for our sin now this does not mean that we are sorry that we got caught you know what I mean a lot of times when we are sorry for our sin, we're sorry because of the consequences that we're having to face. We're sorry. I, I remember riding the streets of Calypso, North Carolina, and my mom and dad would say, you stay in these three blocks. Of course, we wouldn't let kids do that these days in most places. Amen. But anyway, but, but they would say, you stay in these three blocks. And I won't ever forget me and some of my friends, we decided to leave those three blocks And ride out a couple of miles to this place where there was a dirt bike track. You know, because that would be the cool thing to do. Problem was, it took a lot longer to get there and a lot longer to get back than we ever figured in. And so whenever we got back, they knew. And this was for cell phones and all of that. They knew we had not been where we were supposed to be. And so now I even told the truth about it. But you know what? I still got the consequences. It was called a belt. And I know that, oh, that's child abuse. Anyway, that, but, uh, mm, 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 mm. but anyway, hey, it didn't hurt me. Well, it did hurt me that day, but anyway. <laughs> but we're usually sorry because of the consequences that we have. But no, this is saying that we need to be sorry because our sin breaks God's heart. Not only does it break the heart of others that we sin against or that we hurt, but it also it breaks God's heart." Look at what verse 17 in David's prayer says, "The, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. That contrite heart means that it actually, we are truly, genuinely sorry for our sin, because it breaks. The heart of God. So not only do we acknowledge our sin. Not only are we sorry for our sin. But then the third part is this of repentance. We ask for forgiveness and pardon. We ask for forgiveness and pardon. And folks, Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday. Jesus made everything that needed to be done possible for our forgiveness and our pardon. Jesus did everything on his part that there was to do. All we have to do is receive it. When he died on the cross and his blood was spilt for us, then it washes away our sin. And look, David's even asking God for that. Look at what he says there in verse 7. He says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. In other words, God, I know that the, the, that the sin in my life leaves a guilty stain. It leaves the guilt. It leaves all of those things. But only you can wash that sin away i remember I was at general Conference back in two thousand nineteen, and we would have quick breaks and and I went to one of the breaks and and uh went to the bathroom and and it was this line of urinals and and the last one was the only one open and it was i reckon it was kind of like the handicapped one or a kid's one or something anyway it was really low and and and, and I must have got too close to it and leaned my legs up against it. I don't know why I'm way down there. But anyway, I must have uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I leaned my pants legs up against it, my suit pants, because whenever I walk over to the sink, I look down to wash my hands, and I got two wet lines right across there. Now, you know, it'd be bad enough if it was mine. You know what that means? It, it, there ain't no telling who's that with. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I, I was looking around and everybody else kind of going back to things. And of course, of all times, I didn't have, they didn't have the hand blowers because if they did, I would have been like, mm, you know. But anyway, no. So I had to get paper towels and I was like wiping it, wiping it because there was no way I was going to walk out there with my pants with two lines across them, like wet lines. Finally, I got it dried up and went back to my seat. And even though nobody else could see because it was dry, I still knew what was on my pants. (laughs) Don't worry, this was not that suit. I don't even know if I kept that suit after that. But anyway, and here's the thing, folks. Even though our sin may not be able to be seen outwardly by other folks or whatever, but we still know, we still know. But God has made a way for it to be washed clean, completely clean. And the stain and the stench of our sin doesn't have to rule any longer because He has forgiven us and pardoned us. And all we have to do is ask. And lastly, a repentant heart means that we walk in a new direction with the Holy Spirit. We walk in a new direction with the Holy Spirit. Repentance is not complete without this last part. We can acknowledge our sin, we can confess our sin, we can ask forgiveness. But if we just say, okay Lord, I'm just going to cheapen your grace and keep on doing it and keep on asking for forgiveness then that's not true repentance. Repentance means that we turn and go into a new direction. Repentance actually comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means change of mind or change of the inner person. And so what we're actually doing is saying, no more do I want to go in that direction. I am changing my mind. I am changing my heart. I am changing myself. Look at what David prays here in Psalm 51, verse 10 and 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. In other words, true repentance is saying, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Lord, I'm receiving your forgiveness. I'm receiving your mercy. I'm receiving your grace. And then because of that, I am going to walk in a new direction. And those things that weigh us down, those things that we are still fighting the guilt of, can be washed away and we can go in a new direction so that we never go back to that again. Now the question for us this morning is simply this. Where do we need repentance in our hearts? Now there may be some here and and maybe you're somebody that's saying, you know what Tim, I've never like repented of my sins and I've never given my life to Christ. And that would be the first step. That would be the first step. But maybe you're here this morning and you're simply at a point that you're saying, you know what, there's some areas in my heart that I know I need to repent of. See there's a um, how many of you in your house somewhere have a place where you keep all your junk? You know what I'm talking about? Like a junk drawer or junk closet or a junk room. <laughs> Sometimes it's a whole room, amen? You're like, keep that door closed. When the people come over, do not open that door, no matter what. You know what I mean? Don't take them in that room. How many of you know that sometimes our junk places are garage? In fact, you know the garage, a garage was built to hold your car. But if you're like us, we have so much other junk in our garage that my car, none of our cars can fit in there right now. In other words, the very room that has a specific purpose cannot fulfill that purpose because of the junk we put in there. And I'm afraid that our hearts are the same way sometimes. We fill certain areas of our heart with so much junk, whether it's resentment, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's self-pleasure and things like that. Whatever it may be, we fill those places. But what repentance is, is whenever God comes in and we allow Him to clean that out so that we can turn into a new way and we can be filled with His Spirit. So right now, I'm not sure what area it is in your life. But I'm pretty sure that if if you're thinking of a certain area right now, then it's very well, very, very possible God is revealing that to you. Of the area in which we need to repent. That's my prayer this morning. Is that we'll just allow God to do just that. As we sing together in just a moment. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. That there is a mechanism that you have placed in our lives to truly live in the victory that you've given us. Maybe there's some of us here, Lord, we just need to acknowledge a certain sin in our life. We've known it. Whether it's our conscience telling us that, whether it's the Word of God telling us that, whatever it is, Lord, let us just acknowledge it before you this morning. Maybe there's some of us here, God, that uh, we just, maybe we just truly need to be sorry for that sin. Not beating ourselves up or anything like that, but just, just saying, Lord, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Maybe there's some of us that just simply need to ask your forgiveness. Knowing that because you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins, Lord, not just some, but all. And maybe there's some of us here this morning that just simply need to move in that new direction. That that's the area. Lord, whatever area in our life is full of the junk and we need it cleaned out. Lord, we pray that that will be revealed to us today. And that we will follow through with your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.